The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, uh, Brickhouse Nutrition is, of course, uh, you've been in front of the program for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been talking about them since back in the patent stew days. Um, and it was a, it's a great, it's a great company. And one of the things that they do really well is make sure you can actually, they understand how we are, which is we don't want to be healthy. I don't. Uh, I don't want to take the steps to be healthy. I, I mean, here's the thing. Super easy. This turns me off. Field of Greens, uh, full serving of real certified vegan, vegetarian, and USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with antioxidants. Well, it's like add steak to the. No, I know. I know. With all those words, here's what sells me. I don't have to eat uh, my greens. I, I right. get them in this, and so I don't have to uh, have a salad. No, eat your broccoli. No. <laughs> All I have to do is have this. Go to BrickHouseGlenn.com. Use the promo code Glenn. Get $15 off your first order. It's Field of Greens. BrickHouseGlenn.com. Glenn uh, back. First it's a France, then it is the Germans. The Europeans are finally starting to get it. Last week, the French president mentioned the idea of creating a European army. Yay! Because Europe with arms has never caused any problems. Yesterday, German Chancellor Angela Merkel backed him up saying, quote, we have to work on the vision of one day creating a real European army. Really? One day? You know, it's been 70 years since the end of World War II, and I'm glad that you're finally getting around to it. But Trump called her remarks insulting and told them instead to agree to meet their NATO commitments. Wait, hold it just a sec. Wait a minute. Weren't you the one? Wait, I thought you didn't like NATO. Hold it just a second. I, you just got me there. You had me at bring the troops home. We are subsidizing half the planet's defense budgets. In fact, we're paying for almost all of it. World War II ended 73 years ago. The Cold War ended two decades ago. Why do we have to hold up Western Europe's uh, uh, deal anymore i mean i like having you know a you know a bargain with these people but we're not getting a bargain we're getting screwed they have the intellectual honest conversation about nato no uh-uh. nato did an outstanding job it really did without it people in france would be speaking probably german or russian nato was established to combat one enemy all of its members had one goal to protect themselves against the soviet union Well, guess what doesn't exist anymore? Now, Russia does, and Russia has its eyes set on Europe. But unless we're actually going to talk about that, and unless Germany isn't saying, well, we've got to protect ourselves against, you know, evil Russia, and by the way, we want to buy all their gas so we can be on their heroin, I'm not interested. So why why are we continuing to do this? Why are the NATO members... um, uh, still subsidizing, being subsidized by us. We, we, we don't have identifying interests and unifying interests anymore, do we? Do we? Because I don't know who's for Russia and who's against Russia. I don't know who's for national socialism and who's against national socialism. I don't know how many, for instance, the UK. Are you convinced that the UK can stand against the Islamic Sharia law courts that are already in its country? Because I'm not. 
as far as policy goes, there hasn't been much to criticize President Trump on with the tariffs, except for the tariffs, I would say. Um, I understand what he's doing here. First, he rocked the world by criticizing NATO during the first year of his administration. Now it looks like he's perpetuating the uh, continued use of the U.S. military as European security blanket that I don't want to provide anymore. Our global helicopter parenting really has to stop. Is there a reason why Japan still hasn't rebuilt their military and relies on us for security? Yeah, they're broke. But so are we. Enough is enough. China is a very big problem, but why not let Japan take their natural place and take the brunt of containing China? Let them foot the bill. How much of the deficit and national debt could we cut by empowering Europe and Japan to take responsibility for themselves? I think it's time to reexamine and think outside of the box because our debt situation is unsustainable. And quite honestly, I want our troops to come home. I want our troops to concentrate on the problems that we have here. And I don't mean as troops. I mean as good, solid citizens. Europe and Japan, it's time to leave mommy and daddy's basement. I know. I know it's scary. But even in America, at 26, you're considered adults. You're what, 73? Don't worry. You'll screw it up and we'll be here. We might give you some limited funds on a credit card to help wean you off. But far as I'm concerned, it's time for mommy and daddy to kick them out of the house. The free ride is over. It's Wednesday, November 14th. You're listening to the Glenbeck Program. Our thoughts and prayers are with those in California. You know, the death toll is up to 50 now, and uh, there, there are 250 people missing. It is, it is astonishing what is happening there. And Mercury One is, is on the ground, and um, uh, we should be getting a, a, an update from uh, Joy Villa, who is, who is uh, our ambassador, and she's on the ground now. Um, uh, trying to make sure that everybody who is helping has enough money, has enough resources. Um, we hope to talk to her a little later on on the um, on the program. But you know, it doesn't take anything huge to help. You know, people feel right now. People feel like I can't do anything, and yet you can, unlike ever before. And sometimes the ability to help comes from the strangest places if you just don't close your eyes if you decide to pursue sometimes where you thought you were going turns out to be a completely different destination a mysterious typo written email or message appears in your inbox purportedly from a nigerian prince or a down on his luck businessman now most people respond one of two ways you either ignore it cynical yet amused or you just fall for it and you lose thousands of dollars to an obvious scam but something else happened in early 2017 ben taylor he got that message on Facebook. He got it from a man in Monrovia, Liberia. His name was Joel Willie. In the post, it read, My name is Joel. I'm from Liberia, West Africa. I need some assistance from you. 
business or financial assistance that will help empower me, D-A-T. Well, Ben knew full well that most likely he was being scammed. Uh, He was skeptical, but he responded anyway, and he said, how can I help? Joel asked him uh, to mail Primo Electronics, cameras, computers, printers, to a shabby building in New Jersey so that he could sell those on the Liberian market and split the profits with Ben. I figured that this was just one of those African internet scams, but I decided to play along and see where it led me. I figured the more time of his that I could waste, the less time that he'd have to spend ripping other people off. So I told him that I didn't have any electronics to send, but I did have a business proposition if he was interested. I told him that I was in the photography business and that if he'd be willing to take pictures of where he lived and send them to me, I'd pay him for the ones that I liked. He agreed, and the next morning he sent a few over. They were just terrible. So the resultant photos that Joel sent were two out-of-focus, blurred canopy of trees half-lit by sunlight, clearly shot with a 15-year-old flip phone. So Ben responded, still warmly, and much to Joel's surprise, mailed him a rose-red Vivitar camera, instructing him to send more photos. Joel, overjoyed, replied, I've decided to really commit and devote myself to... D-I-S, dis business, and whatever picture you want me to take. Still skeptical, Ben told Joel that his photography needed some work. Well, the pictures were a little better quality, but they still sucked. So I said to him that if he wanted to make money taking pictures, he needed to practice. He needed to hold the camera still and make sure his subject had plenty of light. So Ben was genuinely surprised when he received a batch full of really good, stunning photos. Eventually, Joel did get better. Yeah, these are actually pretty good. Which posed a big problem. When he put in the work, I thought, oh no, now I've got to figure out a way to compensate Joel for these pictures, or I'm going to be the scammer. Scammer. That was Ben in an interview on CBS News. But Ben decided to design a small book with the photos and titled it By Degrace of God. Now, Ben thought that, you know, they'd sell a few copies and move on. But the sales uh, kind of exceeded everybody's expectations. And soon, Ben had $1,000 in profits. I made a promise to Joel that we'd split the profits 50-50 and that my half would go to charity. So I wrote to Joel and said that I wanted to give my portion to the people of Liberia and asked if there was anything in his community that I could help with. He said that there were a lot of children that were in need because their parents were so poor. So I asked, how can we help the children? And he said, school materials, stationery, book bags, chairs. These are the things that children suffer for the most. He said that we should start by targeting the youngest 100 kids and that it would cost me about $500. I thought, this is where we're really going to find out what Joel's made out of. Either he's going to use that money for the kids, or he's going to keep it for himself. But I still owed him money, so I decided to move forward and see what happens. Joel agreed. Ben just shrugged. He walked the cash to Western Union and sent it off into what he assumed would, you know, be the abyss never to be seen or heard from again. But after a few weeks, he received another package of photos. These photos were colorful, filled with life, poignant, enlivening. In them were schoolchildren praying. They were saying a thankful prayer for their new book bags and notebooks and their sharp new outfits. All smiling. 
Sometimes life takes surprising turns. Look for the opportunities to change the world. Sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. In the hands of identity thieves, your social security number uh, could lead to all kinds of problems. So be smart with your social security number. For, for example, if someone uh, emails you with a scam, uh, don't respond to them. Uh, we just gave you the one time it Wait. worked out. Okay, <laughs> every other time you get scammed. It so really don't. Is. <laughs> it really is. But he was smart about it. No, he kept. He didn't give him any information. He didn't make it right. And it, it wound up turning out to be a great story. But, I mean, these pe- people really are victims of this all the time. I mean, especially people who are maybe are not as uh, aware on the Internet and they, they're, not, they're not used to this. this. This is still a flourishing business. Yeah, somebody, um, somebody got a hold of my um, contact list and sent me, actually a friend's contact list, and sent me an email, supposedly yeah, from him. That happened to me once, too. Right? And said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll explain later, but I'm in Mexico. I just got, uh, I was in jail, blah, blah, blah. Can you get me out? And I'm like, this guy's in jail in Mexico? What? And I almost, I mean, my first instinct was, oh, I got to help him. Because I know this guy is sure. a really good guy. And nope, uh, a few days, I didn't. Because my wife went, that sounds like a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote back to him, didn't get anything back that that would verify anything that I knew about him. Found out later somebody had got into his phone and taken all of his uh, all of his stuff mm-hmm. and was was bilking all of his friends. All right. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection now with the power of Norton Security are there to protect you. They're protecting you against the threats to your identity and to your devices. And if you have a problem, they have the agents who will work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or cyber crimes or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, with new Norton Security, you'll have the peace of mind that um, you're going to be safe this holiday season because when you're out shopping and you're especially shopping online, there's all kinds of scams going on. Please be careful and have lifelock.com protect you through the holiday season. If you use the promo code Beck, you'll get an additional 10% off your first year, plus an additional $25 Amazon gift card, which will make a great Christmas present for somebody else. Yes, you can re-gift that. It's promo code Beck at lifelock.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Hey, you know, we always hear bad things about uh, Hollywood. May I share something uh, quite shocking, actually? Hollywood stars celebrated uh, a fundraiser for the Israeli army last week in Los Angeles. What? <laughs> right? No wonder that state is burning down. Right. Uh, or gonna, the, 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 some of the comments are about that. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. Um, people don't, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just do not like Jews no matter what they do. So you uh, this? organized by friends of the Israeli defense forces and attended by Ashton Kutcher, uh, wow. Gerard Butler and Andy Garcia. Um, wow. I know there's somebody else in this story too. Uh, but now they're, you know. Now the Palestinians are are coming against them, and they're very very upset about it. And uh, it's hard so. to it's hard to imagine. You see some of the footage from Israel uh, this past day or two, where it's just raining rockets. Yeah, nobody's covering. I don't covering know it. exactly how you could uh, not think that they, they need a defense. You could say Israel does things that you don't like. I mean, th- this thing seemed to have started, and we covered it yesterday, with them in the middle of a peace agreement, attempting some sort of 
assassination. I mean, that was at least the story that was was uh, we talked about yesterday. Yeah, they don't know if it was a kidnapping of a Hamas leader. Of a Hamas leader. Now, look, yeah. obviously, I think you know Hamas leaders deserve that. Um, however, uh, that's apparently what what ticked off yes. this last round. Um, so you can even say that Israel was at fault here in some way. But still, if you're a normal citizen, uh, you're living in Israel, you had nothing to do with the military operations of your country, and you're getting shelled by rockets all the time. And this happens whether there's an incident or not. I, it's hard to imagine that you don't think that they should be able to have some defense. So could we switch subjects here and go to the White House and find out what the east wing of the white house was doing yesterday this mira ricardel story what a bizarre one this is i have never seen anything like that what happened yesterday if you don't know the story this is john bolton's number two basically uh and in the middle of the day kind of out of nowhere with no real lead up the office of the first lady made a statement saying that she should she no longer had the honor to serve in this white house and she should be fired basically And then there was a report from the Wall Street Journal that she had been escorted off the premises. Which was not true. Later on, they said um, they were planning on doing it, but they were giving her time to clean out her desk. Uh, So, I mean, basically, she's out. So it's fascinating. Here is the here's the story that I have. One source familiar with the situation said uh, Ricardel's firing is in due in part to her bullying of aides both and below her. Current and former colleagues uh, paint a picture of a committed conservative and national security expert with a strong personality. One former colleague described her as someone who doesn't suffer fools or have a nuanced touch when it comes to navigating uh, the shoals of international politics. Um, she had apparently a feud going on between John Kelly uh, and uh, and his deputy and then locked horns with uh, James Mattis. Yeah, these and, are know, not good decisions. These were not good decisions. And then there was a spat over the first lady's trip to Africa, apparently about the seating on the plane, um, you know, and, and, and she, they were not booking. Uh, they were not booking um, hotel rooms for the first lady's staff when they would go. I mean, it just like romper room stuff. Well, yeah. And that story came out. It was focused mainly, mainly on John Kelly yesterday. And I, you have to believe these two stories are tied together. They may have believed uh, Mira Ricardel was one of the sources uh, for that story. That's another reason she mm-hmm. was. The, the White House was saying that she is linked to some of the leaks, yeah, of stories lately. Which is, it's just look. These things have happened at a pace that is, it's outpaced any recent White House as far as you know high level departures, and that's not necessarily a surprise. Um, you know, it's not unexpected going into this, but uh, we haven't seen Melania get involved in this at all. No, but you haven't seen anybody take on Melania except the Trump, uh, except for the, the press. I mean, and even the press, I, you know, you, you just I mean, what part of you doesn't understand happy wife, happy life? Everybody knows that it's the president of the United States who tends to be a little grumpy from time to time as it is. Don't make his home life more grumpy. He's got a lot of, you know, big problems to deal with in the world. And the the seating of her staff (laughs) on a plane or her not having, you know, hotel rooms because you didn't book it because you don't like her staff. When he's going in to meet with somebody and he's got all of that stuff going on, you think you want him returning to his hotel room and have his wife go, you know what, somebody on your staff. That's when a, a guy just says, 
make it go away yeah. make this stop mm-hmm. and it, that uh, apparently that's what he did yesterday that's what happens with a lot of high level executives sure of right? course I, you know and you everybody's been through this right like you have a, a situation where you're in the middle of something really serious i don't know some tax issue or some massive problem going on with your house and that's the moment you're Two kids decide they're going to have an argument about something completely inane. And you just need it to stop right now. You don't care what the solution is. You don't care who's right or who's wrong. Get it out of my face. Do you realize I've got something really important to do? And that's when you're an executive like that. The people who are under you, it is their job to make sure they don't complicate your life so that you are focusing on things other than your job. So stupid. So stupid. Why would you do that? So uh, it is odd, and it's never been done before, but if this is the story behind it, it's completely understandable. We welcome Mr. Pat Gray to the uh, radio extravaganza today. And uh, Pat does... Pat does uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, which is a podcast that you can listen to at your own uh, time, or you can listen to in the morning as he records that live uh, on the uh, Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome, Pat. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, good, good. And you? Good. Well, I'm 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 good. I've got a great story about uh, uh, Pink's husband, who uh, Pink the uh, yeah, singer, a singer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pink. Do you know another Pink? Yes. Okay. I know several parts. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I had to really, well, there is Pink I had to pin Floyd. it down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, so, um, <laughs> and, but that didn't really clarify when I said the singer, did it? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, her husband is, uh, took to Instagram and, uh, showed some pictures of some, uh, some pretty tough hombres, if you will, Uh-oh. in Malibu mm-hmm. with guns and a sign that said looters will be shot. How insensitive and wow. how reckless. And how when how is this going to stop? I mean, when when are, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. When is enough enough? Mm-hmm. Malibu. How did you how did you even get a gun into Malibu? Why would you have a gun in Malibu? Mm-hmm. You're you're next to you know to uh, Barbara Streisand. Things should be fine. No, I mean yeah. you don't need guns. Anyway, we'll get to that in a little while. Pat, what's on your plate today? Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. Um. For one thing, did you know there's a CEO of the Democratic National Committee? There's a CEO, not just the head who is uh, uh, Perez. There's a CEO no, of I the Democratic National Committee. And, and uh, uh, her name is Seema Nanda. I didn't know Seema, and I didn't know about her Nanda. Right. And I didn't, right. I didn't know she was a CEO of the Democratic Right, there's uh, a lot party. here you didn't know lot, so far. A lot but here I have I didn't a know. feeling there's more to the story. Well, she was asked uh, by Yahoo News <laughs> uh, about who's welcome in the Democrat Party. Uh-huh. And here's what she said. Is, is there room for socialists in the Democratic Party? Oh, sure. You know, I, I think we can, um, you know, we can get in, involved in, you know, what we what we all call ourselves. I think there yeah. is room mm-hmm. for all sorts of Democrats uh-huh. in the Democratic Party. What does that mean? I think we can get involved in what we call ourselves. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, especially from the especially from the party that, that is doing is only slicing and dicing everybody into groups. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, I think we can talk about, <laughs> yeah. you know, what we, names call we call each other. It's a great Here's, point. They, 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 they're going to say no labels now. This is yeah. all they talk about I all know. the time. I These know. are the people that brought us LGBT, QIQ, identity politicians. That's what they're all about. 
Plus, the better question for the Democrat Party is, are there Democrats allowed in the socialist? Is there room for Democrats anymore (laughs) in the Democrat, in the socialist party? Because the socialists have taken over that party. I mean, is there any doubt in anybody's mind that it's become a party of socialists now? Uh, Yes. In a lot of people in the press, their mind. I saw an article today that... uh, uh cinema is a uh, she won because she's such a centrist oh my gosh which is yeah. oh good golly really i mean she definitely tried to play herself as yeah, a centrist she is not a centrist she's not a centrist she's would no you, more centrist you, than beto was hang on just a second she, just because she was a member of code pink doesn't make her yes, i know I, and and that's another thing they are so extreme in that party i think we could learn some interesting lessons from the democrats and how they've won so many battles i mean they've just overton windowed us on absolutely everything we need to start doing that on the right we need to start insisting on we won't i know we won't yeah you know why we need to i really am convinced because people like paul ryan don't believe in the stuff that we believe. They don't believe in a They don't believe strict, in real conservatism. Yeah, they don't believe yeah. in strict adherence to the Constitution. They, they don't. don't believe that. And, you know, that's a cute little thing, but we got to do what we got to do. So they won't Overton window. I would love to Overton window and say, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's reset this to uh, 1791's yeah. kind of style oh my of gosh. government. Can you imagine? They would go crazy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Will. If you were like, okay, well, we just want to get rid of the Department of Education, they would be, oh, okay, all right, finally, some sane people around. Yeah, yeah. Start with, how about zero abortions for any reason ever? Let's start there. And when babies come out of the birth canal, they're given an AR-15 at birth. <laughs> okay? Right. Let's start there. Start there. Okay? Yeah. On, on abortions and gun control, yeah. that's where we begin. Yeah. I think, and what we do is we start with the AK-47 is fully loaded, and then we com- compromise to they have <laughs> yes, to load okay. it themselves when they learn. <laughs> right. 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 Then we're, then we're, yes. then it's a bipartisan solution. Right. I think, exactly. At that point. Right. Exactly. And then we start <laughs> arguing with them when they're, when they have a problem with some of our solutions. You know, I, I think this is, this really is what they've done. Tell it me. It is what they've done. Tell me. They have unveiled plans for guaranteed jobs, guaranteed housing. Yeah, that is yes. That is directly from it the is Soviet. The yeah, it's from yeah. the Soviet Constitution. Well, yes. I mean, remember when they started saying fifteen dollar minimum wage and how ridiculous it sounded? Mm-hmm. And then I was watching uh, something Stossel did for uh, Reason yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's all about how Amazon uh, came out and they they were getting criticized, and, they, and everyone wanted a fifteen dollar minimum wage, and they fought back for a little while, and then they said, "Oh, all right, fifteen dollar minimum wage." Then they started harassing other companies to match. Then they said they're going to lobby Congress to raise the minimum wage to $15. And of course, Stossel, completely right on this point, is this is just good for Amazon. If every other company has Mm. to raise theirs to $15, they're already paying $15 an hour. Everyone else gets forced to raise it. It's just going to give an advantage to Amazon. And That's exactly what they did with the progressives in World War II. Mm -hmm. They put out great car companies, great tire companies, great manufacturers, because GM, Chrysler... Uh, and uh, Ford all got together and said, "This is what we think the, pre- the this is what we think that the country should mandate for uh, for manufacturing." And so it was good for the big three because they could afford it, and they put everyone else out of business. That's what's happening again. 
Uh, Alex Epstein has made this case before. He wrote the moral case for fossil fuels. We've mm-hmm. had him on the show before. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. his point is like we constantly as you know, people who are conservatives and small government are arguing just for a less worse version of what the left is asking for. <laughs> yes. It's like you look at look at, right now. Yes. Obamacare is a great example of this. We are like free market solutions, free market solutions, free market solutions. They're like, oh, we want government, 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 government. So they come in and they pass Obamacare and, and, and it's all you know going through. And now literally every single member of the Republican Party with, I, I don't know, a couple of exceptions have now taken large swaths of Obamacare and embraced it. Three states voted to mm-hmm. get the Medicare expansion that initially conservative states opposed. Uh, the the pre-existing conditions thing is part of the platform, basically, for the Republican Party now. It's yeah. because the Republican Party continues to hire people and elect people like Mitt Romney, who is 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 for all of these programs. Well, see, but Donald Trump's for that, too. Oh, I know that. I know uh, that. You know, I mean, I know if this is... Well, they're like-minded, more like-minded than people would, would believe. Certainly different approaches. But, different approaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a but nice... similar in policies. Yeah, they're both really moderate Republicans. Correct. He's a nice guy that believes in big government, and uh, and Donald Trump believes, you know, a hammer to get things done. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but he but believes they're in similar. big government. Yeah. And, you know, can we talk a little bit about the uh, tariffs? Because there was a new... There was a new study that came out that showed where Trump lost is the parts of the country where the tariffs hit people the hardest. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting analysis, and, and the uh, it's not a huge surprise. Uh, you know, the economy is such an important issue, and Trump uh, rightly gets some credit for it. And it's been we've been on a great run here for a while. Uh, but the issues of when we set these tariffs on China, China responded. And they targeted, remember this? They were like, oh, they targeted uh, these regions and they have political importance mm-hmm. to the president. And they targeted all of those. Um, and they have now, so a lot of these farmers in like Iowa, for example, where the Republicans lost a couple seats in somewhat mm-hmm. surprising circumstances, were regions where they were exporting tons of material to China and now are no longer doing it. There was one analysis that mm-hmm. had you know, soybean exports, which mm-hmm. has got to be the most boring lead into a story in history but they were down 97 percent to china 97 yeah, percent wiping out your whole business from 1.1 billion a month okay from about a billion dollars a month to 24 million wow oh exports in soybeans to china this destroys wow. your business this is your business billion to 24 million yeah, you can't do business that way. Well, yeah, we can. We can do it like FDR, and we can then subsidize the farming. Well, you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to have to. You're going to have to. And it's this is why this is why tariffs are so bad. So they're bad. just so bad. And it's uh, really kicking in now. Too, any, anybody, what we feared. yeah, anybody who supports the president has n- needs to, in the nicest of ways, <laughs> urge, recommend urge the president mm-hmm. has won. You've won, Mr. President. You've won. Now, let's get rid of these tariffs. And again, yeah. tariffs. Before they ruin the economy. Because if you lose the economy, you're going to lose done. in 2020. And He's done. Know, and look, Trump inherently, I think, knows that tax increases hurt the economy. It's why he fought for a tax decrease. Right. right. Uh, but this is a tax increase for whatever reason. He's been... He's loved forever. He doesn't look at it like that, though. No, he does. At and, all. And look... No, because he looks at... He looks at the trade deficit, which it is not as a scoreboard. Yeah. If you're exporting more than you're importing, you win. Well, that, but that's not true. It's just yeah. not true. It's, it's not, not true. Not, so not, I think now. But again, he ran on this issue. He yeah. said he was going to do this, and he's doing it. Bigger issue yeah. is a more foundational issue, and it's way bigger than Trump, is that there were a group of people, uh, you know, 1700s-ish, 
that came up with a really good idea that said, you know, maybe we shouldn't be wildly swinging our, our trade policy back and forth all over the place. Because if a new president gets in with a different idea and he can control it all, then, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So let's, I don't know, write it in the Constitution (laughs) that Congress should be handling tariffs. Mm. Congress should Mm. be handling these issues. It's in the Constitution. What's that? This is not Trump's yeah, issue. How old was that? Like this century, though? I don't no, even know. They do that this old. Constitution. Did thing. we figure that this? out on Twitter or Facebook? You, or yeah. yeah. When did we do that? It's, it's so posted. Unmodern. I've seen people post parts of it on Twitter and Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh, but the point is that Congress gave up their control uh-huh. to the president. They ceded yes. control. This is Congress's uh, fault. They should take it you're back. Doing crazy they can, talk. And they can. And they can. They can uh, take they can. it back right now. Talks, dude. That's crazy talk. So, Pat, one more thing. And I heard on your show driving in today that, and this is a really heartwarming story uh that uh, michelle obama is back in the real world oh. yeah it's well it's hard you know well, i can imagine it things is. are different than they were in the white house and they right. were there for eight years so yeah, they got kind of yeah, used yeah. to sure. people making their toast for them and not allowing them to touch anything in the cupboards in the kitchen when they would oh, come into the cup okay. c- kitchen they'd say what do you need what do you we'll get it for you and they, yeah. they got it for him. And, and so they could they have they needs. could have said, because other presidents have, no, no, no. No, no, let me do it. I I'll, can do it fine. I'll, I'll do this. But no, they didn't do that. Oh, so okay. uh, so she says, now, here I am in my new home, just me and our four dogs. Well, two dogs, uh, Bo and Sonny. And I do a simple thing. I, I go downstairs and open the cabinet in my own kitchen, mm. which you don't do in the White House because the, there's always somebody there going, let me get that. What do you want? Yeah, not oh. in the not in the <clears throat> private uh, quarters. You can you can say no. Go away. Go away. Yeah, but, but she apparently didn't didn't do, do that. that. But okay, this right. time in her own home, she made her own toast. Oh my gosh! What? And then is yeah, she can okay? You she barely made it through. Really? Yeah. Good thing she has fingertips a little bit when she took it out. Good thing she has those so those oh, toned arms. Oh, I know. To be able to pull, right? push the little thing down oh, for the toast. Arms are magnificent. Oh, Have you seen are. her arms? Oh lately? my gosh, they are. Oh, beautiful. They're even the more beautiful arms. than they were before. Well, I, well, that goes without saying. Doesn't so, it? with her arms, the her beautiful, beautiful arms. Yes. She took her toast and walked out into my backyard. She says. There were dogs barking in the distance, and I realized oh Bo and Sonny had really never heard neighbor dogs. Oh my god! Because in the White House, they didn't have any neighbors. Sure, sure, sure. They're like, "What's that? What's that?" And I'm like, "Yep, we're in the real world now, fellas. Oh my god! They're in the real uh-huh. world in their eight million dollar DC home. <laughs> wow! <laughs> With dogs, wow. you can only hear in the distance because the neighbors are so far away. And this—that's <laughs> the and real this, world. And this trailer park <laughs> trash thing called a toaster. <laughs> I don't know how they're doing it. Where you have to operate it yourself. That's crazy. I just hope she's not walking around with toast points because oh, those are wow. toast points can be oh, very man. dangerous. They're yeah, very yeah, sharp. Don't run with those. Very yeah. don't uh, run. I hear Great Britain is outlawing toast points. Oh, really? Yeah, they got rid of the guns good, and good. the knives, but toast points are still there. Okay, good. And okay. you never know what people are going to do with a toast point. <laughs> Packer Unleashed on uh, the Blaze Radio and TV Networks, also available on podcasts wherever podcasts are sold. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, Stu? Uh, I'm going to my aunt's house, and we go every year, same place, and uh, I'm going to gain 35 pounds in one day. That's my goal. Also, I'll be here next week, by the way, uh, doing the program, with exception of uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Pat and I are going to be doing uh, some Pat and Stu here on the Glenbeck program on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on Friday, I'll be here uh, as yeah. well. So I'm kind of excited I'm, uh, about that. I'm going up to the mountains and hiding <laughs> from all of the relatives. So you will not have, what you're saying is you will not have access to listen to the show. Like, you wouldn't be able to hear it if you wanted to hear it. You wouldn't be checking in or whatever. That's what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Anyway, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And if, you know, you have somebody that, you know, you're going to miss being at the table, for instance, you know, Stu. 
uh, you know, I could send Stu flowers and say, That'd be great. you know, wish I were there when you don't really mean it. But the flowers would make him feel like, you know, he really does mean that. That'd be really nice. I mean, I'm going to be here. You're not going to be here. Maybe right. send some to the studio. For Maybe, you know, flowers. hey, I, I'm thinking about you, even though I'm not at all. In fact, I'm celebrating that I'm not at that Thanksgiving table. Okay. I mean, I don't know why you needed to necessarily add that. So anyway, uh, 1-800-Flowers is giving you a great 24 for 24 special. 24 multicolored roses for 24 bucks. It's a dollar per rose. A bouquet of bright multicolored roses. Perfect gift that just says, hey, we're thinking about you. And gosh, we wish we were there. Uh, Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. 24 for 24 just go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and enter the promo code BECK. 1-800-Flowers.com, promo code BECK. Hurry, the offer ends Friday. Glenn Beck. Hey, we would love to meet you uh, for the Mercury One Ball, and uh, we have uh, opened up a couple of seats, probably at Stu's table. Um, and uh, we would like you to attend. Now, here's how you do it. We're going to have a raffle for a brand new car, uh, and anybody who enters the raffle today, uh, you can go to mercuryone.com slash m1ball, enter the raffle to win a brand new Mercedes. Mm. Uh, we're nice going to draw at this time tomorrow, and if we draw your name, you don't win the car because that drawing is on Saturday night, we're going to uh, give you two seats at Stu's table. And, um, and, you know, depending on where you live, if you're not within driving distance, like, you know, you're in Europe, uh, we might even fly you in. Really? We might, e- we might even go that far. We might. That would we be great. We might even go that far. I'd love to. People like watching me eat, so I think they'll yeah, enjoy this. They'll enjoy that. So you'll hang out with the whole crew, and that's on Saturday. You have to go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. Buy a raffle ticket today. You could win a new car, and you could be hanging out with us on Saturday. Sponsor this half hour is uh, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is something that um, I've been taking for about a year now. Uh, and I took it in desperation because I've tried everything else to curb my pain. And, and uh, you know, I was in crippling pain for a long time. Couldn't live that way anymore. Couldn't take doctor's medicine anymore. I just can't. I can't live this way. My wife said, try Relief Factor. And the commercial says, try it for three weeks. And if it works, great. Order more. Well, it, in three weeks... I noticed a huge difference, so I ordered more. I've been taking it for a year now. You have nothing to lose but a three-week trial. Try it for three weeks. It's, uh, you know, put together by doctors. It's 100% natural and drug-free, and it reduces the inflammation which causes our pain. Try it. Get your life back with relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Glenn Beck. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. She cares about you, kids. She does. She's uh, from California. She's doing everything she can now to make sure she's reelected in January to her spot as House Speaker. Now, reasons Nancy Pelosi could give uh, because she's you know led the Democratic caucus for 16 years and uh, under her you know, the House did shift hands. Uh, in fact, it was um, Speaker Pelosi um, that was under President George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Now, reasons she actually gave. Um, well, she's a woman. And really, what more do you need to say? 
really. During an interview on CBS uh, Sunday, Pelosi said, uh, you can't have the four leaders of Congress and the president of the United States, these five people, and not have the voice of a woman. Well, why not? I mean, I thought women were no different. Oh, 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 they are. I forgot. Especially, she went on to say, when women are the majority of the voters, the workers in the campaigns, and now this glorious victory. Thank you, comrade. It's the pink wave. They're calling that now the pink wave, a rise in women politicians, supposedly in reaction to Donald Trump. Now, here's the general argument as described by Politico, quote, push her out and men may take over the party at a time when more than 100 women are heading to Capitol Hill. And after female voters have been thoroughly alienated by President Donald Trump, embrace her and she'll prioritize legislation empowering women on issues ranging from equal pay to anti-harassment legislation. Now, of course, she has reason to use identity politics instead of merit. Uh, you know, because there's an effort to uh, to unseat her because a lot of Democrats don't like the things that she's claiming are victories. At least nine representatives have come forward and said that Pelosi will be out. Uh, Fileman Vel- Veloff said, I'm 100 percent confident we can forge new leadership. And this led by Representative Ed Perlmutter from Colorado. Uh, these are the representatives who have openly called for Pelosi's outing. Bill Foster, uh, Seth Moulton uh, from Illinois, the Democrat from Massachusetts, a woman. Well, she's a sellout to her gender. Kathleen Rice, Tim Ryan from Ohio, Kurt Schrader from Oregon, Connor Lamb from Pennsylvania, and uh, also Vela from Texas. Campaign staff for incoming representatives of Abigail Spanberger, uh, from Virginia, Jason Crow from Colorado have also said they're not going to be voting for Pelosi. If they have a single ounce of dignity left, they won't. And it won't be because she's a woman. It's Wednesday, November 14th. You're listening to the Glenbeck program. So my staff of millennials are talking about adulting. I don't even know what adulting is. And a quarter-life crisis. What the heck is a quarter-life crisis? Well, we're about to find out. J.P. Uh, Pokluda is, uh, is a, uh, an author of a book called Welcome to Adulting. And uh, it, is, it is taking uh, millennials by storm. Welcome, J.P. How are you? Hey, I'm doing so great. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Appreciate you. You, you bet. Okay, so... So, JP, um, adulting, what what exactly is adulting? Well, it is the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of a mundane but necessary task. If that sounds like I read that from the dictionary, it's because I did. It's It's a new word. We just put that in the dictionary last year, and so it is official. So this is something that we used to just do naturally when you were 18 you were at least in my household you were kind of expected to go out and earn your own way and you know you're an adult now get out uh and uh now we now what what why the breakdown of this thing that has always been natural well, I don't know that it's always been natural. I mean, I think it, I think hindsight is always twenty twenty when we look back on you know our own development and how we've grown up. And uh, I know what they're saying about millennials and young adults today: the delayed adolescence, they're lazy, narcissistic. I don't think that's uh, entirely true in, at all. Yeah, entitled and all, all of those things. Yeah. And, 
And uh, and I, I appreciate, you know, it sounds like we may have a shared perspective on that because I, I you know, it seems like we've all, we all need help growing up and exist in different times and whatnot. And uh, I, when I look at the future, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I think these guys, they, they need um, leaders, they need people to inspire them, but I, I think uh, they're, they, they want to do something great. They want to change the world. They want to do something bigger than themselves. And, and I hope this is a resource that helps them do that. Okay, so this is part of the this is part of the problem, I think, with suicides that are rising in millennials. And it is that, that people just aren't convinced that they can make a difference, uh, that their life has no meaning, that there is no purpose to anything. Um, and is this what the quarter life crisis is about? I think that's absolutely right, Glenn. I, I think people are looking for purpose. I think they're looking in the wrong places. I think they have a thousand friends on social media, you know, a thousand Twitter followers, you know, whatever, and, and but no real relationships and no depth and no meaningful conversations. Uh, they're not looking for hope in the right places. And so they despair. You know, they, they want to be the number one and number two goals of millennials are to be rich and to be famous. And, uh, and when they... They hit the the wall of pursuing riches and pursuing stardom. Uh, they're left despairing, and they're looking for more. I will tell you that uh, uh, wealth and fame are gigantic imposters. And mm-hmm. uh, what really led me to uh, my awakening in my thirties was I, you know, I had accomplished a little bit of both and realized that's completely empty and then had no idea where to go and where to yeah, find but, it. You know, yeah, Brad Pitt says the same thing. Tom Brady says the same thing. Jim Carrey says the same thing. Russell Brand uh, just came out with a statement saying the same thing. Uh, you know, they, they say, my friend Todd says, uh, the the rich are infinitely better off than the poor because while the poor think riches will bring happiness, the wealthy know better. And uh, I, I think that's a true statement. The same is, is with fame. Is, and, I, you know, these millennials, young adults and whatnot, they, they want to do something bigger than themselves. They just don't know how. And so there's this cry of their heart. The, the scripture says that God has set eternity in our hearts. I think they're trying to fill that eternal void with all the things of this world, and they're just coming up empty. And so I think the generation, your listeners, the generation that has gone before them, uh, needs to be patient and take time, sit down with them, continue to tell the war stories of old, uh, tell us about uh, the times, you know, of, of you growing up, the hardships that you faced. Try to do so without judgment mm-hmm. and uh, ask lots of questions, seek to understand, become a student of your, your children and grandchildren mm-hmm. and know that they, they really, there is a desire in them. It may be hidden behind some arrogance and pride, but there is a desire in them to learn from you. I will tell you that I don't think there was this spread of misunderstanding between generations uh, when I was a kid, maybe between my grandparents and and me, uh, because they grew up in the Great Depression, but not my parents and and me. I mean, there was a misunderstanding, but things in the world uh, have changed so much that when you talk to millennials now and I'm you know 54, you talk to millennials and it is a different world. They see the world differently. They speak a different language. They understand technology and the world as it's going to be uh, much better. And, uh, you know, I, I think they have a reason uh, to be a, a little concerned if they don't have somebody in their life that's, 
you know, an older generation going, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's really exciting. What you guys are facing is really exciting. And you're going to be able to change the world if you keep your head on your shoulders. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. You have to have someone to talk to. I also think you're pointing to the right challenges uh, with the, the information age, the boom of technology, you know, carrying a uh, mega computer in our pockets everywhere we mm-hmm. go. Uh, that does change a person. And so it's interesting what you say about the gap between you and your parents being uh, smaller. Uh, I I think that that's probably, I, I would share your perspective. And at the same time, I think that we all go through something I like to call kind of the the younger brother, older brother syndrome, which uh, comes, I I picked that up from the biblical story, the prodigal son, where I think we're all kind of the the older, I mean, the younger brother at some point, and someone is patient with us and, you know, embraces us and extends grace to us. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're with the father and all is right and we grow up and we overnight become the older brother and then we just look back with judgment and we don't want to be patient with anyone right. else and and so I, I try to you know when i sit with someone uh, you know who's young and naive and just like i was and i'm sure am in ways i can't see right now uh, just to be patient with them seek to understand the world where they're coming from what is their worldview and uh and you know point them to truth so you're you're working now at uh waterfront uh or a watermark church um which is a great great uh organization here in in uh, dallas texas um uh, which yes, i don't even know how what's the youth population there i don't know the you know the youth so i spend all my time with young adults so you know 20 to 35 is the porch i say all my time i i, I teach on the weekends as well right uh, services. I share that with Todd, our senior pastor. Um, but we have at the porch on a Tuesday night, we have about 4,000 young adults here in Dallas. That's amazing. And then, and then we have another 10 campuses around the country and then another, you know, 50,000 or so streaming online. And so it's, uh, it's become by God's grace, the largest young adult gathering in the, in the country. It's so what is the number one thing that they are, uh, um, they are concerned about and, and how can people who are listening help them? Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I think, well, dating, right. At that point in your life, you graduated college and you're, you're trying to figure out how you can convince someone of the opposite sex to spend the rest of their life with you. Uh, anxiety is a huge felt need right now as you talk about just growing suicide rates and depression rates. Uh, I think you have a generation despairing, out of control, um, and so that's a huge felt need. But the biggest one you also touched on keenly is just searching for purpose. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out, hey, uh, you know, is there, well, is there a God, first of all? And if there is, what is his desire for me and how do I find my purpose in this world? And so that is, I don't know that that's the, the felt need. I think the felt need can be more of the, the dating and anxiety, but the real need, the underlying need is, is hey, what were you created for? And uh, that's where I think this, this book, you know, the chapter two is all about purpose and finding your identity. I will tell you, um, the name of the book is Welcome to Adulting, by the way. Um, and I'll tell you, JP, that... If it, you know, I searched for answers for a long time, and in my 30s, I had a complete crash, and I lost absolutely everything. And it was only then that I was willing to look at the real answer, which is God. 
And, you know, he had been just this distant kind of thing that I believed in. And but I, it wasn't really a real relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I you know, I it's not something that is being encouraged at all in a large portion of our society now. And and, uh, you know, churches uh, seem so out of touch to so many millennials. I mean, it's different here in, in uh, the South, but seem completely distant and god is kind of this distant idea and i we were just listening to some audio from uh from the wildfires in california i don't think i've heard so many californians talk about god ever you know when you're when you are really stripped down that's when you start to find answers that's when you you know in the midst of human suffering that's where you find him and they say there's no atheist in the foxhole and I, I, you, we've seen that. We almost saw a great awakening happen with uh, when nine eleven occurred. Uh, whenever there's, whenever tragic hits, we we turn to the Creator. I've seen the same thing in Haiti when the earthquake hit in t- twenty ten. Um, you, you had the whole country coming around saying, "Okay, now you know, turning from Satanism to okay, we think there's a, a Creator, a God." And that's that's similar to my story, Glenn. I mean, sixteen years ago, I was at a bar on a Saturday night. And was kind of everything wrong with Dallas and a person was pretentious. I wanted to be a millionaire before I was 30. I had the Jaguar and the penthouse condo and, mm-hmm. and was, you know, a girlfriend and another, you know, several girls and all, all of that just in one person. And uh, I was at a bar and someone invited me to church and I, I came to Watermark and I sat in the back row and I was hung over. I smelled like smoke from the night before, you know, at the club. And uh, I was addicted to sex, addicted to porn. And um, I just began to wrestle with, who, you know, who is God and, and really seeking that out. And I looked at all of the world religions because I thought, what are the odds I'd be born to the right country? You know, if I was born in China, I'd be Buddhist or India, I'd be Hindu and Iran, I might be Muslim. And so I just started studying, started from scratch. And I grew up in the church, but I was just like really had a bias against Christianity. And as I continued to explore that, I was overwhelmed by the evidence that pointed me to Jesus Christ. And uh, when I surrendered my life to him, just as that, that person that I described earlier, everything changed. What I did for fun changed, who I hung out with changed, uh, the way I thought changed, the way I talked changed, and ultimately, you know, my profession changed. And so I'm so passionate about helping the next generation reach this generation, you call it Gen Y or Gen Z, millennials, young adults. Um, I, I want to see that gap you addressed earlier become narrower and smaller so that, you know, we can raise up because, because all of us, we have to, we know we're, we're going to leave this place and you want to leave a legacy. You want to leave yeah. people behind you that are, are seeking to, you know, live out their purpose in this world. JP, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on. It sounds like we have a lot of uh, shared experiences and shared belief in uh, the younger generation. I think they get a very bad rap. The, uh, uh, you know, I've met good and bad, but I've met good and bad in all generations. Uh, this right. this generation is looking. They just don't have anyone encouraging and anyone who is telling them truth. Uh, you know, they've they've been lied to, I think, their whole their whole life. Uh, and uh, and I have great confidence in them. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And the name of the book is Welcome to Adulting. Welcome to Adulting. Uh, Jonathan J.P. Uh, Pokluda. Uh, thanks for being on. We'll talk again. Thanks, JP. Glenn, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Sponsor of this half hour is Goldline. 
So we were talking just a little while ago about some of the stats because of the um, because of the tariffs. The economy is starting to really hurt. Um, inflation is now starting to happen. Uh, they've the Fed kept inflation under control for a, a very long time by printing all this money. Well, now they're starting to pull it back. And so, you know, inflation is starting to happen as they are starting to pull out and the government is spending even more and more. And there's there's this chain of events that is headed our way that is not good. No one has ever survived this. We're at the beginning of of this unraveling now. And I highly, highly recommend uh, Goldline. What was the thing? You know, the gold line had this uh, piece out before uh, before the election saying this is what will happen if the Democrats uh, get into the House. What was the what's it called? A shotgun or uh, uh, the subpoena cannon, the subpoena cannon. Yeah. Democrats have loaded a subpoena cannon with 85 plus Trump targets. So how do you think that's going to work out? How are you going to make an economy work better? How are you going to improve the things you need to be, you know, be improving when this is all we're going to be dealing with for the next two years? So please uh, prepare yourself uh, and prepare by just considering gold or silver uh, as I don't invest in it. I, I buy it. I hope to pass it on to my children. I buy it as uh, insurance against insanity. But uh, with the uncertainty that's going on around the world. Ah, probably a good investment too. Goldline one eight six six Goldline. Ask them for the the free thing that the the, um, the the packet that they put together on what's going to happen because of the election. If now it's they did. When is this going to happen? Call eight six six Goldline one eight six six Goldline or Goldline dot com. We are. Um, we're looking at the election results now, and we are seeing a very different world than we were seeing on election night. I think it's fair to say that this was a a blue wave. I mean, a, you know, a minor one, right? Like, I don't, it wasn't it wasn't nearly the Tea Party wave election. No, 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 um, by any no, means. No, and it but, wasn't the Newt Gingrich wave, right? But those are the only two in the past forty years that it they they won less that the House seats were were less decisive. For right. example. Um, I think we went back right after the election and said, okay, look at where the House seats are. Of the last 14 midterm elections, this was a worse result than 10 of them. That's where we were on election night. Now, because of these races in California that they're still counting, most of these are going towards Democrats, as you might expect. Uh, It's now uh, the third uh, uh, biggest wave as far as House seats go. People are fooled because of the Senate is still under Republican control, which is great, and I'm happy about that. However, there's 35 Senate races up uh, on election night. Democrats won 24 despite the majority of the seats being in red states. They won 24 of 35, and may, if they get Florida, it'd be 25. And there's a reason for that. They believe that lot, if you look at the map, a lot of these were in the places in the country that voted for Trump, but the tariffs have hurt those Glenn people. Back, Mercury. I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for a while, and I would pick it over any mattress that I have ever had. In fact, I I did pick it. Um, I, I bought it, sent it to my house. 
I tried it for, I think, five days. I actually was honest, which I don't know if everybody appreciates this, but uh, I said, I'm not sure I like it. Well, it took me a few more days before I really started to have my body settle down. I love this bed. It is Casper. It's a no-brainer. All you have to do is just order it and try it for 100 nights. If you don't have the experience that I have, they come and pick it up and they refund every single dime. So put Casper to the test in your home. The only way to test a mattress is by sleeping on it night after night, risk-free. For 100 nights, casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code G-L-E-N-N. That'll get you $50 towards the purchase of your brand new mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. Get $50 off the purchase of select mattresses at casper.com slash Glenn. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and wildfires were something that, um, you know, when you're on the West, you grow up hearing and you grow up seeing the smoke and uh, and it's, you know, even from neighboring states, or in my case, neighboring countries, if part of Canada was on fire, you would, you would see it, and it was just part of life. Um, this is something like I've never, ever seen before in my life. This wildfire is remarkable. Maybe, maybe I remember early in the 70s, there might have been something, but but even this one, this is the biggest one in, in the history of California, and our thoughts and our prayers and our arms and our feet and our back and our wallets are with California. And we we keep you in our thoughts and our prayers, but we are also backing that up like we always do with action. Uh, Joy Villa is um, she does the Joy Villa show and, and uh, she's the host of obviously that. I mean, who else would you have hosted you know, with that name? Uh, seeing that her name is the same. Anyway, uh, she's a singer. You might remember her. She went uh, to the Grammys wearing a uh, Make America Great Again dress, and uh, that didn't go over real well, uh, <laughs> at least with the people that she was standing with or standing around. Um, but she is one of the uh, Mercury One ambassadors uh, out in California, and she has been out with the uh, with the wildfires. And we thought we'd have her on to just tell us what's what's going on. Welcome to the program, Joy. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Good morning. Great to be here. Thank you. What 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 is happening, Joy? What is it like well, to be it's, there? It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, you know, I grew up in Santa Barbara, like you were saying. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so fires are sort of a, a natural occurrence. But this is the worst fire in California history. The one up north, Camp Fire, has claimed forty-eight lives and almost nine thousand structures. It is the deadliest fire. And, and there's still what is it? Two hundred and fifty people missing. There's still 250 people missing. That's right. That's right. More than 150,000 people have been displaced, including many of my friends. So they don't have a home. They don't know where to go. So part of what we did um, with the team, with Mercury One and with our partners on the ground is getting supplies to those people who are displaced, like toiletries and hygiene kits and, and some of the food to a few base camps out here. Also getting that to the firefighters who've been fighting nonstop mm. for days, getting them coffee and protein bars and water. So we dropped off supplies um, out in Camarillo and Thousand Oaks. But the fires are everywhere down here. Right now, the fire in Los Angeles City, the Woolsey Fire, it's bigger than the city of Denver at this point. Oh, my gosh. 
and Huge. it is is it is it moving towards like Sherman Oaks and uh, and Los Angeles? It, it proper is it moving that direction? Well, the winds. It's hard to like yesterday. We were looking at the fires, trying to find out where it was going next, and it was going towards Malibu. So now Malibu is where the fire is at. But the winds keep changing. There's a Santa Ana wind coming up, and it's so dry everywhere. It's hard to predict where it is. Right now, where it's the biggest and most dangerous and especially vicious is in a city called Paradise, which is up in Northern California. And there it has almost completely destroyed that whole city. Um, I think it's 40% of the residents um, have homes that have been destroyed. This is remarkable. it's unheard of. It's never been seen before. You know, we had we had wildfires last year that were really bad. But this, because of the dryness, because of the climate, because we're in, you know, a, a lack of moisture and because the winds are so bad that this fire could be burning for weeks. There's no telling when it's going to stop. I mean, it's getting more and more contained, but yet it's starting in other places. That's the problem. So Stu said to me um, earlier today, I wonder why. The news is not covering this the way they do with hurricanes, where they have the reporters live on the ground and they're there all the time. And my only and this is a guess. My only guess is at one point this fire was consuming 80 football fields a minute. And yes. it, it even the fire departments, oh, yeah. they, they can't keep ahead of it. They'll say we're going to meet at this place. And by the time they get there, the fire has burned that place down and and long past it. So there's there's no real safe place, right? Because there isn't. You're absolutely right, Glenn. It's moving too fast. At one point, it was moving about 100 miles per hour. It absolutely consumes everything in its wake. And if you're close to it, you have to get out. The evacuation notices almost can't go fast enough, you know. But even in the valley, the Los Angeles Valley, um, there's smoke in the air. So people are evacuating, even though the the flames are not particularly close. Even the smoke is starting to suffocate. There's ash um, on many lawns. I mean, I'm in the western part of Los Angeles, so it hasn't reached me, thank God. But I can smell smoke when I go down on the freeway. The smoke is absolutely covering the whole city. So it's it's very dangerous. It moves extremely fast. The wind is is pushing it over freeways, so it's able to jump uh, across the freeway to get to another area that's how it's gotten from the northern california to southern california it's just it's pretty much surrounding all of california and people don't understand you know when you see these people in you know and they're on their cell phone and they're trying to get out and there's flames yeah. everywhere you know you think about the smoke and how it stings your eyes and everything else but you don't understand that a fire this size is eating all of the oxygen so yeah. it's not that you can't breathe because you're breathing in just smoke. There's no oxygen. It's eating all of the oxygen. Absolutely. It really is. And it's, it's become so dangerous. That's one of the things right now. The worst thing is, is the smoke is it's getting very toxic. The dust is bad for the areas that have been burned. It's just a complete wasteland. And there's going to be need to be months and months and months of cleanup, even after these fires stop burning. I have a, a house I was up in um, in Idaho uh, over the um, over the uh, summer, and because of the Calif- uh, sorry because of the fires in Canada, and I'm in southern mm. Idaho, uh, th- I couldn't even see the mountains. You couldn't see the mountains. Wow. I mean, in the val- driving the valley, you can't see the mountains. People 
people I don't know in the rest of the country understand the size and the scope and the um, the effect that these wildfires uh, have. Joy, how can we help yeah. people? Well, there, the good news is that there's plenty of people who want to help and there is a way to help. And being a Mercury One ambassador, I'm so proud to say MercuryOne.org is the best place for people to send their donations because 100%, 100% of those donations go to the families, the community, where it's needed the most. And the partners that are on the grounds working, like different groups out here that I got to actually witness, and I'll be going back again this weekend. So even though there's there's plenty of items people want to ship, I know people want to send products, but there's more than enough items already here in California. What we need are funds, funds for cleaning, funds for finding people been displaced, funds for helping. So donating anything, even $25, will help tremendously at mercuryone.org. Joy, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again. Are you coming in for the gala? Are you able to do that? I am. I'm excited to see okay, you. I'll good. be there this Saturday at you the should, Mercury One Gala. Yeah. You should. You should. Wear, you should wear your Grammy dress, <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> Joy, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank, thank you. you we'll see you Saturday. Um, we still have Mercury One uh, partners on the ground in North Carolina. They're in Florida. We still have them doing cleanup in Houston. Uh, and now wildfires. You know, FEMA ran out of money last year and said, you're going to have to take care of yourself. So far, we have been so greatly blessed because of you. Uh, but this is all the things that we do are on your back. I mean, it's remarkable how giving you are and we appreciate it and if you'd like to help 100% of the proceeds go to whatever the problem is at mercuryone.org now the reason why we can do that uh, is because once a year we have a big gala we have a big ball joy is going to be there this weekend all kinds of people um, uh, Chuck Norris is going to be there all the whole staff is going to be there from the blaze all the people you see on TV we've got a couple of great uh, country stars coming in anyway join us for that I don't even know if tickets are still available but I do have two tickets that I'm going to give away tomorrow and we would love to have you attend and hang out with us here's how you win uh, we are asking you to buy a raffle ticket and you buy this raffle ticket, all the proceeds go to Mercury One. It's $100 a ticket, but again, goes to a really good cause, 100%. Goes to just keep the doors open at Mercury One so we can uh, continue to do our works. You could win a brand new Mercedes. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to draw from everybody who has come in in the last 24 hours. So, starting right now until the time we draw tomorrow... If you buy a raffle ticket, we're going to draw from that pool, and you could be coming here to uh, join us at the uh, Mercury Studios. This is the first time we've had the gala here at the Mercury Studios, but it could be at the, uh, you could be Saturday at the Mercury Studios hanging out with all of us, and we'd love to see you. So go there now, buy a raffle ticket, or just donate. You know, if you have five bucks, just donate, please. MercuryOne.org slash M1Ball. Sponsor this half hour is uh, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is um, is something that's created by doctors and it's 100 percent drug free and it has four key ingredients that help fight your body's uh, natural inflammation when your body is in pain a lot of that is coming from inflammation because something is wrong 
have a hard time sleeping through the night, neck, shoulder, back, hip, knee, foot pain, whatever it is. When you get to the point when you're like, I just, I don't, I can't live this way anymore. That's when I started taking Relief Factor. And, uh, you know, they have this quick start. It says, try it for three weeks. And if it doesn't work, move on. But 70% of the people who take Relief Factor find the relief they're looking for in three weeks. And I'm one of them. I would have, you know, they've asked me to sponsor, uh, to uh, voice for them for about four years. I didn't take it. I didn't, you know, I don't believe in, I'm sorry, but natural stuff, no drugs in it. How could that possibly work? Uh, and, uh, my wife finally said, would you just try it? Because I was at the end of my rope last year in pain relief factor, please try it. Get your life back. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, you know, you're, you're no worse off than you are right now, but if it does, you can get your life back relieffactor.com call 800-500-8384 try their three-week quick start at relieffactor.com you know i'm so sick of hearing these kinds of stories this one comes from kansas city the health department there they're facing backlash now because they poured bleach on meals that were meant for the homeless and the reason why is they had problems with the way the f- food was prepared. They weren't they weren't, uh, they weren't prepared in uh, in a city approved kitchen, uh, and because of that, we had to pour bleach over all of this. Kansas City Star reports that uh, the group Free Hot Soup KC had intended to distribute food such as you know home cooked chili, foil wrapped sandwiches, and soup to the homeless on November fifth. But the city's health department came in, took all of the items at separate parks where the food was was going to be handed out. And uh, they were asked, do you have a permit to do this? And they're like, no, we're just handing out soup. Uh, Well, where was this prepared? Wasn't prepared prepared in an approved kitchen. So they poured bleach in the food and all over the food. Now, can I can I ask you a question? This this closes people's hearts. This doesn't help. This closes people's hearts. You you think, uh, what is the name of this place? Free Hot Soup KC. Do you think the people want their name in the paper saying that they caused, uh, you know, a salmonella breakout uh, with all the homeless? They'd be destroyed. The people would be destroyed. You, that's, a, that's a big enough deterrent. Why do you have to control everything? Why, why are you trying to teach us not to help each other? And Kansas City, they, they came out and they said, well, we, we have laws. We have laws. And, you know, everybody has to, has to help us protect the public health. Really? By throwing away lots of food for the homeless who need it. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. People get so worried about this stuff. You are likely in your entire life to never consume a piece of seafood that was even visually inspected by the FDA. That's how good our system is. That's how good capitalism works. People have incentives. It's not because of inspections. Even visual inspections, you are likely to never consume a piece of seafood in your life that was visually inspected. Never? Never. Because there's way too much coming in. They can't inspect it all. And, there, and, there, and people are like, oh, my gosh, can you believe they want to cut the budget of the FDA? And it's like, well, 
you realize that there that this is a point against you. Capitalism works so well. These incentives work so well that this food comes in and you almost never get sick, even though it's not inspected at all, because they have an incentive to make sure that they don't screw it up. Yeah, you're out of business. I mean, with the exception of Jack in the Box, you're out of business. Oh, yeah, I, know, I know Jack in the Box hates it when I bring that up because it's been like 40 years. But Right. But I mean, again, they took a huge hit for that. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a massive scandal. And it's the reason why they're still getting mentioned today in a negative context, even though their food is delicious. I mean, they eat breakfast all day. They got the freestyle Coke machines. I mean, it's like uh, they put it together. <laughs> all right. Okay. I've got two small kids. I bring them there all the time. All right. That's okay. how much all I right. trust okay. capitalism. All right. All right. <laughs> but you're right. It, the, the incentive is there. Who's going to bring, you know, moldy sandwiches down? You don't think those people are going to be the 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 known plague on the city? You don't do that. You don't do that. Trust people. Trust the system. Trust the normal checks and balances. I, I if I were in Kansas City, I, I'd be outraged. I'd be outraged. Mm. I mean, look at while well, they're doing this. San Francisco has just passed with 59.9% of the vote Proposition C. You say, what is Proposition C? Well, it's going to mean victory for the homeless. Oh, good. They're going to have a home and they're going to and the city is finally going to help those truly in need. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. What is Proposition C? Well, this means the homeless are going to have a home. Now, what exactly does it mean when we come back? Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. Well, after years of uh, really stoking the, the dreams of cities all across the country, where is Amazon going to build their next their, their second headquarters, where could it possibly be? Well, after an exhaustive search, Amazon has decided on New York City. No, really? But they said, we don't want to leave out, you know, the rest of the country. We want to make sure we're touching the hearts and lives of everyone. So they're also building a second, second headquarters in Northern Virginia, otherwise known as, uh, you know, suburban D.C. Wow. Now, that's a that, I mean, that's amazing. First of all, one headquarters, that's your second headquarters, just not enough for Amazon. They have to have two second headquarters, which is fantastic. And then they had the bravery, the bravery to pick New York City and suburban D.C. That's I mean, wow, that took a lot of. That took a lot of guts. Now, the uh, socialist mayor in New York, Bill Blasio, de Blasio, said the single biggest economic development deal in the history of New York City. Now, now hang on just a second, because I thought these jobs sucked. 
I thought all these jobs that Amazon was making, I thought everybody hated that. I thought Amazon was the oh, big yeah. evil monster. 80 hours a week, right? nonstop. Yeah, was, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, horrible right? Horrible working conditions, forcing people to work extra hours, yeah. uh, no, no culture at all. Right. Remember this? Now, all these same liberal cities are just begging Amazon to show up. Why would they? Are they punishing they, their constituents? I, I, I'm not sure. Oh. Now, the Cato Institute ranks New York as the worst state in the country for economic freedom. It's been ranked 50th now for years. Uh, and, and just, I, 50th out of what, though? That's the thing. You have an, you have an well, answer Well, out of 50. Oh. Out, of, out of 50. Uh, the other uh, headquarter location, Northern Virginia, is technically correct, but it's really Washington, D.C., which doesn't scare the hell out of me at all. No, it's good no. to give more power to a uh, you know, corporation like yeah. Amazon to just entwine, intertwine itself with the government. <laughs> the government good... even more. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Uh, now, uh, the, the brand new Democratic Socialist uh, uh, Congresswoman, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's a little upset. Uh, she says that this isn't, you know, this isn't really good. Uh, but I, I don't understand that. I mean, you know, 25,000 new jobs and the average salary is 150,000. And that's not a, that's not an exaggeration. And I'm sure all of the people in in, you know, in her little area of Brooklyn where they're building this, I'm sure all those people are going to be the first on the list for Amazon to hire. Don't you think? I'm sure I mean, they are. It's not yeah. going to just drive the property rates up through the roof at and least then have the little people go, what the hell happened to me? I will say at least she's being consistent. Yeah. I, I, congratulations. Unlike on that. most of the people in New York. Well, like Bill de Blasio. Yeah. Uh, you know, the socialist. Yeah. Doesn't like big business. And then bends over backwards, gives them a huge, sweet deal. Billions of taxpayer dollars to bribe them to come to their city. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they've picked so far, uh, you know, as the entrepreneurial uh, bastions of the world, uh, Seattle, New York City, and Washington, D.C. It's Wednesday, November 14th. You're listening to the Glenbeck Program. Now we bring in uh, Andrew Heaton. Uh, to uh, to join us, uh, he's uh, from uh, s- s- what? What is it? Uh, something's off. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. Yeah, I just I keep and, and this I've just never just, heard of a, a, a name of a show that is is more accurate than that one. Thank you. It's time for the charts with the Heaton family right now. Yeah, it's doing really well. <laughs> it's doing really well. Uh, it's a hit in Alva, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, something's off with Andrew Heaton, and it's a it's a look at the news and kind of an enjoyable look at the news. Thank you. Yeah, because you don't really get into all of the uh, tit for tat kind. I I think that the news has so much bile in it right now Mm -hmm. and and so much it's as if everybody sits down at the beginning of the day and goes, let's talk about which team is the good team, which team is the bad team. And I don't think that's helpful. And I'd rather just kind of be a release valve for everybody. Yeah, we'll talk about substantive stuff. We had a good chat yesterday about like, you know, kind of the the way the parties break down and everything. But but I kick it off with with, you know, some something that's a little bit more enjoyable. Well, I I didn't think that it was the best thing to start the show with animal news. No, no, no. Animal news. is Uh, Yeah. And but I was surprised because, you know, what you told me yesterday uh, in your podcast actually helps me make sense of what's happening yes. in Florida. Yes, it does. Thank yeah. you. That, uh, yeah. I, uh, so, you know, I, I, I do a lot of research every day. And, I, and this was from a credible publication. It's from yeah. National Geographic. Right. Uh, but it was, there was a story that I read about how Florida's worried about um, uh, monkeys uh, escaped rhesus macaque monkeys with a deadly herpes simplex B that can jump species 
running amok through Florida. And I, I looked into this. And I was like, well, where did this? I mean, first of all, standard headline for Florida. This yeah. seems oh, about yeah. right. Yeah. Florida uh, reads that. They don't even read the story. They're like, of course. Yeah, they're right. It's you know. Tuesday. We got it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Monkeys running. Monkeys are going to ruin everybody. Yeah. Uh, in, in 1938, this guy wanted to start a Tarzan themed island in Florida. Uh-huh. So he purchased six rhesus macaque monkeys from um from a dealer in new york and he dropped them off of this island <laughs> wait 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 yeah well, I, wait I, you go to new york for your <laughs> yeah 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 that's yeah. you know you go to the okay. macaque district all right. over, uh, over on 34th street <laughs> okay so that's, that's, yeah, all right i didn't, the rhesus i wasn't warehouse. aware of that redevelopment okay. zone right uh, there's lots of lots of good tax breaks for that, that <laughs> right come out okay. of new york. yeah get your uh, monkeys here okay he, he right. bought these monkeys and he released them on this island and he didn't know that rhesus macaque monkeys are apparently the michael phelps of the monkey family and they <laughs> they were there 45 minutes before they escaped into the woods of or into the into the sweltering swampland of florida and they've been breeding there ever since they're up to like a they're up to several hundred or a few thousand or something like that and they're, they're increasing at 11 percent per year and again i want to get back to this deadly herpes simplex v virus it because i this is what I, I was like well i mean are you I, saying that i mean i don't people are sleeping no it's not it's not that anybody's doing anything on well i mean monkeys. again it I, is florida it's possible it's it is but possible. i, I like I that is the, one ugly woman but i you know but somebody did die from it it was no it, it I'll, I'll say this if you're in florida i don't think you i think there's way more stuff to be worried about if you're in florida than these deadly monkeys i think they're like number eight <laughs> i don't know things to I, be worried i don't about. know but, but I think you might be better off if you worry about the deadly monkeys. Your day will be more enjoyable. Yes. Okay, so the monkeys are number eight. Where, where is the Broward County election board? Is oh, that, gosh. Uh, I, I think I'd put that at, like, number seven. Okay. I still <laughs> think, I, I think the actual systemic Florida problems far right. outrank okay. any flash in the pan elections that are going right. on. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you can't. So this, if you catch this, this herpes simplex B from the rhesus monkeys, it'll, <laughs> it'll, uh, it'll give you, it, it does spinal inflammation, and it'll either kill you or give you brain damage. And it's it's very difficult to get. But if you get a monkey, a monkey body fluid in your eye or something like that, like right. like one of them throws something at you or you're performing okay. open heart surgery on a monkey <laughs> right. out of a van. Because right. uh, I heard you say this last night that, you know, if you get because one person who died from it, she got. Yeah. Yeah. She, she got she got monkey body fluid. Yeah. In and they didn't eye. say what. But, you know. Yeah, I, I, I want. We don't know. I mean, monkeys. You know, they could have thrown something. They could. There's right. any we number of we a, don't any know. number of situations, but it did kill her. So it is. It is a concern. Right. And they're they're coming up with all these solutions of like, well, we can like um, we can we can. <laughs> We can castrate every fourth monkey. Like that's a solution is to try and like we don't want to ruin the population. Uh, and right. the thing that I I started thinking about was Florida has 29 electoral votes. Mm-hmm. It has deadly escaped swimming rhesus macaque <laughs> monkeys and it has 29 electoral votes right george f will zero electoral votes right, right. george f will he lives in a library he, like, he basically lives in a library with a mattress in the middle he's right. a smart educated guy right. no he's electoral votes only guilty of like oblique baseball metaphors no right. electoral votes go to george f will and florida gets 29 and that just right. doesn't seem fair to me right right Right. I think it, I, I didn't I didn't get into this podcast, but I think because there, are, there is all this difficulty with Broward County and everything else going on in Florida. I think next election, Florida, if you're in Florida, you should be allowed to vote for another state, Canadian province or astronaut. And that gets to make your vote for you. That's that's my plan for Florida is kind of take them. Just remove the whole state a little bit from the decision. Have we thought process. about taking the monkeys and putting them in charge of the vote? I I mean, 
I can see a lot of elections going worse uh, than right. having, you know, the, these monkeys. Yeah. I mean, because all those that are only truly, I mean, if you're being paid off or if you're just like casting a fake ballot, you're not going to do it if you think the supervisor is going to throw some, you know, some feces at you and yeah. it might get in your eye and kill or, you. Or you could, you know, they, they, they make those investing things about like a monkey can, you know, throw, throw darts at a dartboard. Maybe mm. that's how you pick propositions. Okay. Is you, you, like uh, <laughs> you just you put the monkeys in charge. I like that. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, California is an is another state that I think may have uh, Reese's macaque uh, monkeys running rampant in it. Um, the uh, uh, the San Francisco um, uh, v- voter population uh, went out to vote on Proposition C, um, and uh, it, it passed with fifty nine point nine percent of the vote. and And this is this. Uh, let me may I quote? It's over half the vote. Yeah, pro- proposition. Well, you are bright. Wow, you are it. really. Thank you very much. Did you, you did just it. do that on yourself? Magna cum laude. Um, <laughs> Proposition C's victory. Now listen to this. Proposition C's victory means the homeless will have a home and the help they truly need because the city has come together in love. So is, so, it, ju- is it just a resolution that we want to help homeless people or does it have force of law behind it? Uh, no, it, uh, it's the largest uh, tax increase in San Francisco history. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. But it's lo- a loving tax if increase? If it was just the resolution, I was like, I always really like it when Congress debates like if the buffalo should be the national mammal or something. I feel like they're, they're, not, they're not messing with the economy. So maybe, but okay, but they're actually no, doing no, stuff. They're, 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 no, they're, no, they're doing this. Companies with more than $50 million in gross revenue receipts will now be taxed on any gross annual receipt revenue in San Francisco. Francisco. So uh, and they already have that. So this is just a, a giant increase. It means that, a, uh, you know, a company that's doing uh, like like they, they say Salesforce here. Uh, I don't know how much Salesforce is making in San Francisco, but they say that it will um, it, it'll have to pay around 10 million dollars per year, uh, which is uh and are you know, they? No deal. Are they just? Uh, this this is where I, I dropped the funny thing. Are they giving out vouchers for for uh, for rental apartments? Or are they building homeless shelters? Or where's the money going to go? No. And did you hear what I said? They're taking the money. I heard that. They're going bad. to love yeah, proposition They're C. Going to love this clearly to victory. Love. Now that they've done this, Jeez. this means the homeless will have a home and the help they truly need. And love. Wait, you didn't even say the love part. Say the love right, part. Right. That's this, the best part. Because the city came together for love for see, those who need it wait, most. Did, am, ah. I, am I to understand then that they just they just came up with a tax plan without a spending plan? I mean, like, I'm actually, that never happens. I'm very impressed no. if someone actually was just like, hey, you know what? We feel like we might spend money in the future, so we're going to tax you now. Like, usually we do it the other way around. Well, no, they, I mean, they have, they have, they have a plan. They've, they've already, they've, you know, they've, 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 um, they've uh, doubled the money that they're spending now on the homeless problem to $300 million. But I want to show you how effective it is. Um, The overall rate of homelessness in San Francisco in 2004 was uh, 8,640. Now, I think I've been to San Francisco. I'm going to go with the higher number now. They may be using an abacus. Okay. okay? (laughs) Because I think there's more than 8,000. But... Uh, in just that uh, that short period of time, just 13 years, uh, they've dropped that down to seven thousand four hundred and ninety nine. So, you know, they've they've gotten, you know. So the, I just want to make sure I understand their position is they've lowered the homeless population in San Francisco in the last 13 That's years. That's their position. OK. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I don't believe them yeah. at all. So uh, just just so we're clear. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're counting the people who are living in tents as homeless now. Ah, I mean, that's a that's a that's a big one. So, uh, you know, and that's and that's one of the things that they're doing uh, with the money is uh, is is tense. What about love? 
Are they doing love? Uh, well, they, they are sending in. I'm, I'm not making this up. They are sending in maid service. Uh, really? To the, yes. Yes. What? To the to tent the, cities. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because the uh, homeless can't, you know, be expected well, to clean can, it up. So, so can, I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate here. for OK, a minute. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's say um, you're a you're a big city on the West Coast and mm-hmm. you spend a ton of money on dealing with homeless problems. Mm-hmm. It might just attract more homeless people. I mean, like it might suck them out of other cities. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a devil's advocate. That's that's just I the, think that's, that's the truth. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, so in, in which case, a, like, you know, like, I'm, you know, they're they're being compassionate in this regard. They like there's a difference between. Um, uh, well, sh- shifting the problem versus creating the problem, I guess, is what I'm saying, right? Well, but they've clearly already indicated this is about love. So we know right. it's a good motivation. And, and if there's one thing the government's good at <laughs> doing, is it's, it's loving love. Right. A large yeah, yeah. corporate body <laughs> yeah. of bureaucrats that you can't you. meet or fire can love they can the love hell out of you. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Uh, every year I get my birthday card from the government <laughs> this, and I get right. my Christmas card right. from the government. Yeah. I'm just filled with love. Unlike the 60s, this is not free love. However, this is, uh, this is very expensive love. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. let me ask you this uh speaking of love uh you are you are you're looking for a, a love of your life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm uh, i'm i'm 34 and yeah. uh ready to you know i i thought i'd be on my third wife by now i'm on zero yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and I, right. I feel like i need to step up my game yeah yeah and, and this is a serious deal i mean don't you think that andrew is kind of like those guys everybody has a friend like this that you're like he's really nice he's a really nice guy and and I don't know why he. I don't know why women are just repelled by him. Yeah, uh, but he can't that, ever seem to find a date. You know, I hear what you're saying. I think I'm more like Prince Harry. <laughs> ah. that I'm just. I'm so unobtainably up there ah. that it, it scares people, is and they're they're, right. they're intimidated to yeah. to uh, date or make out with. Right. Them. Like you okay. hear that from like Victoria's <laughs> Secret models a lot. Yeah, when, exactly. I, when I was in high that school, might be the problem. Is I'm not. I should just be dating Victoria's attractive. Secret models. Just a second. I'm trying to imagine you in underpants and wings. There you go. Nope. Don't think that's. <laughs> You're welcome, same, America. That's the same problem. Just like a meerkat that can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, government has led the way here. Uh, they pay for love. Have you considered this? Paying for love. Should go to San Francisco. Get one right. of those love subsidies. Right. right. Okay. Thank you very much, Andrew Heaton. There's uh, there's uh, something off with Andrew Heaton. Is the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invite you to listen to it and subscribe. Last night was was very funny. Thank you very much. Very funny. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Um, now let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security. I've been telling you about this uh, this company for how long has it been? Ten years. I think yeah. they they had five people working for them when they started with us. Yeah, that was very 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 early on. They they came and they showed us the technology, and it's like you guys are way ahead of everyone else. Way ahead. Um, they're like, yeah, we we think this will catch on, and I'm like, yeah, I think it will. Now they are huge. They are the industry leader. They've won all kinds of awards. Two million people uh, are now have their houses and their businesses uh, being looked after by Simply Safe. We have Simply Safe here. My daughter has it in her house. Pat has it in his house. And right now they're doing something I've never seen them do. They're giving you twenty five percent off. Twenty five percent off the system, um, and uh, and you can find it at simplysafebeck.com. Now. The reason why I say I've never seen them do 25% off anything is because when you see the price of the system, especially if you've ever purchased a system, or I'm sorry, leased a system mm. from the other people, you're paying like $40, $50, $60 every single month for like five years. and yeah, Forever, as long as you want it yeah, on. As long as you want it on. Yeah. It's crazy. So when you see this, I warn you, don't be angry when you see the price of the simply safe system just just think okay well uh, okay i i've learned my lesson and now i know 
it doesn't cost that much. Plus, no contracts, $14.99 a month to be able to have the 24-7 monitoring. It's 25% off the system right now. The offer ends this coming Monday, November 26th. SimplySafeBeck.com. 25% off right now. SimplySafeBeck.com. Now we've got some some really disturbing uh, news. If you're a, if you're somebody who believes in global warming and you know that it is killing the polar bears, um, because Coca Cola has told you that, mm-hmm. and of course Al Gore and everyone else, and you've seen the polar bear floating on the ice ice cube. It wasn't even an iceberg anymore; it's an ice cube now, uh, and they're all dying out, with an exception of. Um, with an exception of that being a complete and total lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the population has gone up uh, five times uh, from 5,000 in the 70s uh, to the mid 2000s, I think it was, was up uh, up to 25,000. Well, now there's a there's a problem with a um, indigenous people, mm-hmm. uh, the Inuit um, uh, natives up in Alaska. Uh, they're having a problem uh, because uh, there's too many polar bears. Yeah, they have a draft management plan from the territorial government. Uh, and uh, the Inuit believe that there are now so many bears that public safety has become a major concern. Public safety concerns combined with the effects of polar bears on other species suggest that in many communities, the polar bear may have exceeded the coexistence threshold now here can't a, even live in there no one ever asked these people no one's like hey by the way we really want to save the polar bear how does that work for you guys you know the ones living next to them and they tend to be ripped apart by them quite often and aren't uh, aren't so friendly with the so polar now bears. here's the problem put yourself in the shoes of a progressive this is quite a conundrum you've created and you what are you going to do um, the polar bears, you have said that they are dying out. Well, they're not dying out. In fact, they're about to eat an entire tribe of indigenous people. Now, are you the white man that is going to impose your view of the polar bears on these indigenous people where they will be eaten by the polar bears? Mm-hmm. So are you now the oppressor? I, I just I'm, I'm just asking. Well, I, I want to know. Polar bears are white. So we all know it's white oppression. That's that. That's, we know for that's sure what it is. OK, good. I love this quote, though, from uh, as they're talking about this, because everyone's like, well, you know, what about climate change? Don't you care about climate change? And, and they're saying, look, they, they, this is a reality of our situation. They say it's very frustrating for us to watch. We do not have resources to touch bases with movie actors, singers and songwriters who often narrate and provide these messages. So don't worry about the people. So, just just yeah. keep your keep your PSAs no, going. No, and it's an indigenous people. Don't worry about it. No, seriously. This is the Glenn Beck program. Well, there's a uh, there's a new proposal now for something that's going to help all of us be healthier and happier. Stu, would you? Are you against people being happy? Uh. Uh, morally yes but not right. not pragmatically are you are you against people living longer lives being healthier living more productively uh, i mean i need more specifics are but you generally in, yes are you in are you in favor of higher health care no, of course, course not of course no not. this is such a compelling pr- uh, proposal well mm-hmm. here's the idea um there is a there's an idea i mean look didn't we help the world by putting high taxes on cigarettes uh, yeah, the answer is yes. Oh, we did. Didn't we? Didn't Sorry. we help by having taxes on soda? 
Absolutely the answer is not. yes. No. The answer is yes. No. There is now a proposed meat tax. A meat tax. A meat tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are looking now at the optimal meat tax rates. Now, this is only on, uh, you know, red meat, lamb, beef, uh, and pork, and then processed meat, sausage, bacon, and salami. But the rest of it, you know, no big deal. There won't be any problems there with won't this be any implementing problem. this at all. No, 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 of course. Now, because sausage is such an easy thing to define. <laughs> right. It's so, so yeah. obvious exactly what it is. Correct. So mm-hmm. now for the U.S., uh, now this will be a little lower, a little lower in mm-hmm. other uh, countries, but uh, the uh, recommended rates uh, were uh, as low as 34% on some meats. 34% tax? Yes. 34% tax, and as high as 163% tax on some meats, like steak. 163%? Yeah, we, well, yes. So if a $10 steak uh-huh. would now be $26, because you'd be 160 could I, could I just? Could I just, okay. could I just, may I make the point before you get in here with all of your, your uh, conservative hate-mongering that just wants children to die? If we were paying 163% tax on meat, mm-hmm. we could, according to the study, we could save 52,000 Americans every year. I, hmm? I mean, how can you walk me through how you figured that one out? Well, I didn't figure that out. It, okay. took, it took the World Health Organization uh, right now um, to, to figure this out. Uh, they say the, uh, the, that eating meat increases the risk of heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes. In some, case, uh, in, in some cases, uh, they say it's, it's so bad that uh, you're not only killing yourself, but also you're, in, you're, you're increasing the cost of health care. And if we're going mm-hmm. to have universal health care, well, the government has a responsibility to keep you healthy. Uh, and uh, and so instead of, you know, having higher, you know, spending on health care or health care premiums, mm-hmm. let's just slap a hundred and sixty two uh, uh, percent tax on staying. <laughs> this is not going a it would not work. But first of all, and I say this as a vegetarian, most of the the I, the supposed facts about how bad eating meat is for you mm-hmm. are not really real. I mean, if you go and you look, I'd encourage you to read the uh, the Bad Food Bible by mm-hmm. Dr. Aaron Carroll, uh-huh. and he goes through all these uh, numbers. Uh-huh. And by the way, pretty much everything that people tell you you can't eat, you basically can. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, some poisonous berries would fall out of that. There's a couple things. Yeah. I wouldn't go, the bleach food you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. wouldn't dive mm-hmm. into that one. Right. But almost all of these things are on. You wouldn't uh, have a tuna fish and yeah. bleach sandwich? No, I would not. No, okay. Almost all, right. all of these things that you, you read on Pinterest mm-hmm. are going mm-hmm. to be things mm-hmm. that there may be one study of a very small amount of mice that were fed 9,000 times the amount of food you'd actually eat. And in there, there was a hint of some problems that was later disproved in another study. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Extremist, we're here to right. solve medical costs uh, from going through the roof. Okay. Right. And that's so, uh, why I was addressing that. 163% uh, increase on, on taxes uh, on, on steak. Uh, no. it seems it's actually 163% increase on the price of uh, steak, but that's, but that's it. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, the 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 other thing that they're they're looking at now is the 2015-2020 dietary guidelines from the United States uh, recommends also that we eat less fat, um, and the evidence that they are finding now says that carbohydrates are very dangerous as well. 
So just all things that are related to food are dangerous? You're going to have white mm-hmm. meat, vegetables, and nuts. Well, nuts have lots of fat in them. Well, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so sure. some you, vegetables. Well, you, uh, sure, you can go there mm-hmm. if you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> it's just, just like uh, reading but, them. Uh, this is where they're. this is where we're going now, and, uh, and I, I'm all for it. Why not get on the bandwagon? At some point, you just say, yeah, yeah let's get on the bandwagon. I mean, look, there is an, an argument, to, mm-hmm. and it's true. Mm-hmm. This is true, and this is why we are opposed to this normally, mm-hmm. in, in normal ways, like income tax. When you tax something more, you will get less of it. Uh, so if you tax steaks at 163%, you're right. People yeah, you will. will eat less steak. They, they will. will. Just like when you tax income at high rates, people will not want to be incentivized to work more. Mm. You're right. That's that's all true. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that second one is something you want. No, I'm not sure that that second one is one they even recognize. But mm-hmm. as you said, it is true. There's another poll out. 51% of Americans say now that they have faith in democracy. And uh, 37% say they have lost faith in democracy. Well, it's 51%, so it's the majority and it rules. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> democracy go. for you. <laughs> we're, we're not a democracy. We're a democratic republic. Constitutional, uh, constitutional republic. democratic yeah. republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, 30, 37% say they've lost faith in democracy. I would like to turn that around and say, uh, I believe that democracy has lost faith in about probably 70% of Americans. So, uh, there we go. It, you know, it works out pretty well, works out pretty well, mm-hmm. works out uh, pretty well, uh, here in Finland, cause that's where we're broadcasting uh, from. We, we do the show, uh, every Tuesday from Finland. If you don't know, uh, crap, it's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. Oh God. Oh gosh. We're off. We should have, we should well, we should have flown home last night. That's right. But we were, we were checking out the new Finnish brothel. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, just uh, opening up its doors now uh, in the uh, capital. Well, is it the new sponsor of the program? We'll be doing commercials for them soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here in the capital of uh, Finland, which is... Uh, Helsinki. Very good. Very okay. good. Very good. <laughs> I yeah. said that really softly. So uh, they're, they're opening this up, and it's a, it's a new uh, sex doll brothel, ah. which we've all been waiting for. That uh, just does not... In mm-hmm. any way, seem appealing. No, hang on just a second. Have mm-hmm. I told you that the uh, synthetic rubber that they're made out of uh, holds heat so it feels more like a real body? <laughs> Again, like, uh, <laughs> there's an issue here. No, they can here. blink their eyes now. They can blink their eyes now. How's that? Does that help? That does help. I'll say okay, the blinking yeah. of the eyes yeah. is quite an enticing yeah. feature. Yeah. Um, I'm really more concerned. Of, Blink your eyes if yeah. this is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much a hostage taker at this point anyway, aren't you? <laughs> you really I mean, are. You really are. If you, you don't really think are. AI is fighting back against yeah. that when it's, oh when it's all ready to go. Oh, you know what? I, I just <laughs> talked to an ethicist about this just the other day, and I'm like, dude. And he was the first one who said, right and I'm like, dude, the, I'm sorry, but the AI sex bots, we are going to be slave owners. They will eventually kill us all. Mm-hmm. We're sending the worst guys <laughs> just to go violate them, you know, for their health. Because this this what let me let me read what what uh, the the Finns are saying. And I shouldn't say this the Finns. This this is actually the uh, brothel uh, owner. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one Finn, one Finn. Well, he's not even a Finn. He's a um, He's a Russian. Okay. Uh, that is in That's not a surprise. construction and shipping mm-hmm. and brothels. I mean, I don't know what they're doing to our elections, but whatever they're right. doing in Finland is worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is the guy that you just, you don't, you don't want to write something that's not, you know, not, not necessarily positive about him. Uh, but he, he's the one who said, you know, the silicon flesh is extremely lifelike and okay. it retains heat to feel more like a human. 
you so. know and then when, when you know and if you leave it in the trunk of your car it, it, it gets cold too just like human i don't know why i would know that but uh, he's he insists that this is not to make money this is not to make money he's oh. not opening this to make money oh good he is opening this to help people what I'm doing here is just helping people. I'm helping, giving people opportunity to fulfill sexual fantasies uh, that you won't have opportunity to carry out in the world. Wow, what a... And trust me, I'm not taking pictures of you doing creepy things with buddies. No, that's no. not happening. What a philanthropist this he guy He really... Uh, no, seriously, uh, he is. Uh, uh, he, 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 he says that he's providing everything you need, including cleaning towels, um... You know, and oh. uh, and uh, the staff will come uh, come out uh, after every uh, every, every uh, you know hour and uh, entirely disinfect the entire room. I will say that you know there are a lot of concerns here. Uh, what it would do to humanity, what would happen, as you see in the documentary series Westworld. <laughs> yes, uh, there's a lot yes. of concerns I have here. Yeah, uh, but cleanliness is number one. I will say it's number one on my cleanliness list. Cleanliness is, is that is not... next to godliness, and I don't know how that works out in a brothel. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's next to godliness, even in a brothel. But uh, you know, no matter how clean that brothel is, I just don't think. I just don't think there's ever a you know they you get in a shower and you, and you and you sit in the bottom of the shower and i can never get clean you yeah know, it's kind of like that. it's kind of like that there's no clean after that no no and again this is not a if you came up with a disposable model which in this case would actually be a disposable model yeah uh, but <laughs> no i don't i if still... you had a disposable model at least there'd no. be i mean at least you could at least no. you can make the argument. No, no you really you can't. can't. A reusable. I mean, because you're not... really down to. I mean, I mean, look at the way she was blinking at me. I think she <laughs> digs me. I think she's uh, waiting for me to come back. I, I really. Okay, uh, welcome to the program. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. Is it's Casper mattress, where you can have a good night's sleep. Without the Russian looking over you, make sure is Dolly okay. Uh, uh, Casper uh, mattress. Uh, most people uh, really struggle to get out of bed, you know, especially you know when you know you you're a heart, you know you're you're a, a big outdoorsman like me, mm-hmm. you know, or you're, you're a rock climber or a sure, you know, former football player like me. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes yeah. you know I really babied my body the whole my whole life. What 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 the hell happened? I gave it what it wanted, which was no exercise. I gave it what it wanted, what, what God demanded. Don't climb the rock face of a mountain. Don't do that. That's bad for you. And you haven't done that. And I haven't done any of those or things. Or stairs. Or stairs. Mm-hmm. Use the elevator. Mm-hmm. God wanted us to walk upstairs. Why did he allow us, allow us to create an elevator? It's a great point. See? Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, it still hurts getting out of bed. I'm shocked. And there's not one sports injury that I've ever had. Not one. Not one. Because men, you know, I mean, my dad was like this. He had a football injury in high school yeah. and he dealt with it the rest of his life. Yeah, I don't. I, I have like, oh, man, my arms hurt. I've been turning pages of this book my whole life and I've got library fingers now. Library uh, finger? Yeah, it's like, like tennis, tennis elbow, elbow but it's, it's library, library fingers. fingers. It's from when you're just turning books, pages on books for years and now... Anyway, Casper Mattress helps me uh, uh, stay warm and cozy and not want to get out uh, from underneath the uh, blanket in the morning. 
But pretty much everything does that for me. I don't want to get up anymore because it hurts. But Casper, you will sleep the night through comfortably. And uh, you're not going to wake up overheated thanks to the unique combination of the foams that provide the right pressure, relief, and alignment for you. It's Casper. And they will ship right to your front door in a free, small, how they put the mattress in that box. Uh, and then they'll pick it up if you don't love it. They'll refund every single penny. From its engineering to its packaging, try it for 100 nights. It's truly revolutionary. This is why Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews on all of their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Sleep on a mattress uh, that you're going to love every single night. And try it out. Sleep on it in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get $50 off the select mattresses at Casper.com. Promo code BECK. Terms and conditions do apply. So you might see on CNN and MSNBC and everything else, all these interviews with these people that are uh, now exposing Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky thing uh, because they're, um, uh, they're covering it. <laughs> they're covering it now just in time, uh, just in time uh, for the election of, oh, there are no more elections uh, of the Clintons. Well, Chelsea, Chelsea, she's coming. Chelsea, yeah, she, she, she'll be on the way. She's on the way. Um isn't it amazing that they are covering this? I, I said yesterday, I, I would really like to interview uh, her, and I, and I know we have uh, contacted Lewinsky's office. I, I find her fascinating, somebody who is just caught up um, as a regular human being who made a horrible mistake. Um, by and, her own admission. Yeah, by her own admission. And now she, you know, she's talking about how horrible it was to watch Bill Clinton go on TV and say, you know, uh, nothing about her. Uh, and and lie about what what happened and it uh she's she's now opening up for the first time for this documentary and um it's fascinating yeah i mean she handled this i think well i think well i mean i she definitely went through a really tough time earlier on which you'd kind of expect and she disappeared remember she was gone for a long time she did some fashion stuff for a while everyone's everything she did though would pop up as a news story uh, you know, she was designing handbags and hats and like all of a sudden that would be a news story. And she eventually got to a point, I think, where she realized she's never really going to outrun this. She's never going to change this. So uh, understand it the best you can and just go ahead and, and do what you think is important. Imagine your life being yeah. controlled by something that you did when you were 21. That wasn't illegal. Right. It was a it was lack of judgment, certainly, but yeah. uh, not not illegal. Not a not a not a crime. Didn't you know? I mean, it, it is a. You can't, and and she doesn't try to do this. You can't. You can't. There's not no level of responsibility for no, her. No, no, Remember, no. She's 20, not she was 21, that. and she was you know later on 22, 23, all throughout that period, mm-hmm. uh, and you know chose to be in this relationship. But he's, she's obviously much more at fault. But you know, yeah. he's, he's the one with the, with the. He's the one that wrecked her life, I think. And um, and I, you know, you could definitely say she paid a too high a price mm-hmm. probably for this mistake um and she, it's interesting to hear her talk again about it and and, and be honest about it because she was talking about you know years and years and years i saw bill clinton do interviews where no one would ask him any tough questions yeah. about what he did uh and you know that was something that was a right-wing conspiracy theory on talk radio monica Lewinsky was thinking the same thing well they were just talking to isikoff who was at newsweek i think at the time yeah and is the guy who had the story but sat on it and they're well, they're they're, ta- they're doing an interview with him. It's like, no, you should talk to Matt Drudge. Yeah. Matt Drudge is the one who broke that story. Yeah, I mean, I think Isakov's case is he didn't kill it. The, the news, the, the magazine did. He didn't, he wanted to go with it, but uh, they wouldn't let him. At least that's his case. All right, more on that t- tomorrow. Glenn.
back. Mercury. 